Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For all things ATL, ATL, for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on the Odyssey app. So wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, what is going on, man? It's a Monday morning and we're starting off the week right with another great episode of Peachtree Football. How was your weekend, my man? Yeah, I mean, good. Somewhat uneventful. Get to play a little golf <laughs> on Saturday. Nice. Um, was able to get in on the weather. And then, you know, yesterday I was excited to watch the games. And um, it was um, a little bit of a disappointing day, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> well, honestly, I, I wanted to. I thought we were going to get two really good games. And yeah. Injuries kind of. Injuries and bad officiating in both games derailed mm. one game being uh, being good at all, but we still had a, we still had one really good game. So it was one good game to really watch and enjoy. So, uh, yeah, good weekend overall, man. How about you? It was good. Um, I got to like I said, watch some football. I got to chill out and relax a little bit, and so it was a was a good weekend. So can't complain too much about it. Before we dive deeper into the AFC and NFC championship games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Squid Billy, we have to talk about 
the biggest news and the hottest topic right now in the world of Atlanta Falcons football, and that is we have our new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, coming over from the New Orleans Saints. Ever since he joined the Saints in 2017, he's always been their defensive line coach, but last year he was also their co-defensive coordinator. So has a little experience in the role of defensive coordinator, but has not been a straight-up defensive coordinator yet in this league. So this will be his first go-around with the Atlanta Falcons. So even though he's a, a little inexperienced, he's he's a nice young defensive mind. And I think the Falcons could have made a sneaky good hire. You know, we obviously we have to give him time to show what he's going to do. But I know a lot of people, ourselves included, we were really excited about a guy like Vic Fangio or Brian Flores or a Todd, uh, not a Todd Bowles, excuse me, a uh, Al Holcomb or a Steve Wilkes coming in. And the Falcons interviewed three out of the four dudes I, I just named. But we get Ryan Nielsen. And again, I, I think it could be a sneaky good hire. He He obviously had some success with that defensive line in New Orleans. 281 sacks from um the time from the time he's been there. So well, that's about three, four seasons. Um, so he's, he knows what he's doing and he's worked with some and coached some really good players in Cam Jordan, um, David Onyamata, Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport might be a little debatable, but <laughs> but either way it goes, his teams and his defensive lines have done a good job at sacking the quarterback, and that's what we need, Bo. Yeah, they've definitely gave our offenses problems up front over the years. Um, right. Look, there's no denying what this guy's done. He spent um, five seasons there, if I'm not uh, – six seasons, excuse me, in, um, oh, yeah. in New Orleans. And um, he's developed guys like, uh, you know, Cameron Jordan's a guy that comes to mind. He didn't develop Cameron Jordan. Cameron Jordan's a guy that's been around um, a while before him. But a guy that I, I look at that kind of – he got paid and he helped out a lot. Well, look at a guy like Trey Hendrickson. Um, yeah. Hendrickson point. is a guy who we saw play yesterday um, for Cincinnati, but you know, he came there. Uh, he was, he came there from new Orleans yep. where he flourished under, um, under, under Ryan Nielsen. And that's the kind of guy that that's what you're looking for at this thing. You know, Nielsen, um, this guy as a D line coach has had him, they said his team in the top 10 in sacks five of the six seasons he was there. Um, you know, they didn't allow a hundred yard rusher in, in a 55 regular season and postseason games from 2017 to 20 with this guy. Now, some of that is, um, is, 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 is the players, but it's also, there's, there's a lot of coaching, you know, here's, here's what I'll read. Here's a quote that I'll read from a former player. And I think this tells you everything you need to know about what Ryan Nielsen maybe is or can be. And it says, uh, Ryan to the to a DC job was inevitable. He's a top tier D line coach in terms of developing pass rush and emphasizing technique on run and gap integrity. Which if um, which if you know anything about you know stopping the run game and 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 defensive line play, you know um, technique is huge, but gap integrity is is even bigger, extremely important because mm-hmm. when you lose. Basically, when you get out of your gap or your assignment, it creates holes. I mean, we saw that the first touchdown um, on uh, yesterday 
for Philadelphia. Yep. You know, it was a running play, but it looked like I think it was Greenlaw. He 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 was supposed to be in that middle, which would open up a hole right there, like the A gap, and instead he moved over and he got caught in the trash and he wasn't in position. That's why you saw guys throw their hands up. So um and then the, the person the tweet went on to say, I wish him the semi best as he willingly went to the Falcon. Felcons is what he said. F-A-I-L-C-O-N-S. Happiest thing. That's a tweet from none other than a future Hall of Famer, Cameron Jordan, who Ah, I'm not a big – here's the problem for me with Cam Jordan. Mm -hmm. I I hate watching him play. Yep. Because he does it against my team. Yep. I love who he is as a player, and Mm -hmm. I think I'd really love the dude as a whole. Problem is – he plays for the Aints, so yep. it's all good. Only problem. But um, <laughs> that's the guy that's going to be in the Hall of Fame. So um, whatever you do or don't like about him, you know, you got to give, got to give the devil his due, right? Not yep. calling him, not saying Cameron Jordan is the devil. I'm just saying <laughs> it's kind of, a, it's just a saying. Yeah. Excuse me. So look, you, we can we can say we wanted Fangio or or uh, Steve Wilkes or. Or, or whatever, but the reality of the situation is, is that um, it's you're you're getting a a guy who knows what he's doing, and he's been he's been working with the likes of um, you know of Dennis Allen, who look Dennis Allen is is a pretty damn good uh, DC. I talk a lot of trash mm-hmm. about him as a head coach, but he's done a good job as a DC, right? And now. You hear about Mike Garofalo reports. Uh, he reported uh, Saturday afternoon that the Falcons are working on a deal with uh, veteran defensive coach Jerry Gray, mm-hmm. um, who, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, interviewed with the team or was rumored to have been in 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 in, in contact with the Falcons about the actual DC job. Um, ah. Gray has been with the Packers for the past three seasons. You might remember Gray. I think he played for the Rams back in the day as a DB. But they want to bring him in. Uh, he's been the, the the pass game coordinator for the last few years for the for the Packers, and I think he would come in and probably kind of take over a similar role. So they're not done because they no. fired got they got rid of um, they got rid of defensive line coach Gary Emanuel, um, Ted uh, the outside linebacker coach, which is Ted Monticino. Um, so those two guys have a have some uh, pass rush emphasis, obviously, in, in their jobs. Uh, and then John Hoke, who was a secondary coach. So lots of moving parts. Um, this, this is, there's a lot of things that really happened over this since Friday afternoon around 6.30 when this was announced. Yeah, there's been a lot of moving parts. And I, I can't remember if they have picked up a new, yeah. So, no, that's not the right thing I was looking for. I thought I saw a tweet where they had – found a new they had hired some new position coaches but maybe not yet i thought i saw a tweet where they did but maybe i just saw where they were letting go or maybe they were talking to some guys so i'll i'll look i'll look and see if i can find that a little bit later however i'm with you though there is plenty of experience and i think from from again from what i saw i think they were bringing in some pretty good uh position coaches on the defensive end so i think terry and new defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen, they're going to put together a great staff, and I'm feeling confident about what this this defense is going to be able to be under Ryan Nielsen. So all I'm saying to Atlanta Falcons fans is, I know who you wanted. 
I know the options that, that were out there, but this is a good hire. So no, look, let the Falcons cook. Look, here's the problem that I have. I, I don't uh-huh. really give a damn if you like the damn DC or not. I really don't care. If you're a fan, it, that's great you're a fan. You can say who you thought you wanted all day long. I don't care. <laughs> because here's why. Why don't we trust the guys that are making the decisions? Because all I heard, I remember I remember going back to 2015 and hearing, oh, I can't believe Dan Quinn is bringing Kyle Shanahan in. And, right. And there See was a big out. uproar. And, and, and Dan, and I remember DQ, he was asked, why did you bring in, why Shanahan? Why, you know, this guy that he was perceived to be a failure for some reason in the league. And he says, well, I went and hired the guy that gave me the most trouble when I was, when I would get ready for the teams he played. There you when, go. When he, when he was coaching a certain team in his scheme, it gave me the most trouble getting ready for and going against. That's the guy I went and hired. And by the way, now all you hear is how, well, Dan, Dan, Dan didn't do anything. The real brains of the operation was Kyle Shanahan. Oh, convenient, very, very <laughs> convenient. That that's right. now the well, the little web we're gonna spin. I'm I just so I don't care if you don't like it or not. Who cares? Nope. Get over it. You're a fan. <laughs> trust the team. Trust Arthur. You know he's done more with less. So trust him. And and, and you know there's a lot of things you don't know. So because exactly. you know someone's name and then because you don't doesn't mean that it's a bad or a good decision. So exactly. just have some freaking patience and let's go with it. All right. So I don't care if you didn't like it or not. I'm with you. I don't care if you didn't like it or not either. Just trust them. And and just like you said, just because it's not a name brand name doesn't mean it's a bad hire. And I think a lot of people have taken that approach. So just just stop it, Falcons fans. Just enjoy what you're getting. All right. One thing. I do want to ask you before we move on to the AFC and NFC championship games, Bo, is one other thing that I've seen kind of floating around on social media a little bit. I haven't seen this quite as much, but do you think that this was sort of a familiarity hire? Because obviously we know Terry Fondo spent time in New Orleans before coming over here. Uh, do you think this had this hire had anything to do with the familiarity Terry Fontenot has with Ryan Nielsen. And do you no, think it played a major part? No, I, no, no, I don't because I don't, because, because what the hell is Terry Fontenot doing picking coaches? He's not working with him. It's not his scheme. It's true about players. I mean, she, I'm not saying he doesn't have an input right. or he's not asked. Uh, I'm sure if there was a guy he just absolutely didn't want. Now, this is Arthur Smith's decision. So this stop with the Saint stuff, guys. And, and, and it's, this has nothing to do with that. This is Arthur's. Let me rephrase it. I'm sure there's some kind of familiarity that, yeah, it's great. I know Ronnie's a good guy. You'll like him. Yeah. But that's about it. Right. I mean, Arthur Smith is making the decision. Arthur Smith is going to pick guys that he's comfortable with. Right. Now, the Dean Pease hire was a familiarity hire for Arthur. Yes. Because that's who, that's who hires the staffing. Yeah. DC is not hired by the GM. It's a head coach to what he wants to do. That's, that's where we got to stop. We got to stop with this. Oh, yeah. That's who he wants. That's who works for him. So that's a thing where I think you had more to do about, you know, honestly, a lot like what DQ said when he hired Shanny. Hey, this guy that gave me problems. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy can develop D-line. I think that's where it says. I don't think it's necessarily, oh, uh, the, the GM worked with him back in the day. I mean, <laughs> you, 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 you could have said that if, if Ryan Nielsen was the head coach when Terry got hired, right? Right. That you could have said. Right. Um, or if Arthur – 
suddenly wasn't the head coach, and then Terry went and hired Nielsen. That 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 could have that that now that you have some bearing there, but now I don't believe that. I, I just I just don't. I think people overthink it and they relate it to mm-hmm. like there's a lot of there's no doubt in the NFL. There's a lot of I work with that guy. He's my buddy kind of stuff. Right. But there's also you know that's the GM's familiarity, not the head coach. And the head coach wants guys that run what he wants to do. I think personnel had something to do with it. I do, I do agree there. The, right. the fact that he will run a three-four, and that's what they have. Pers- they believe they have personnel already made and kind of ready to go for that. That hadn't. Now that did yes. And Steve Wilkes did not run that. Steve Wilkes wanted to run a four-three. So there, we can talk about that if you want, because that is that is a real thing. Well, I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought I had, I thought that was my last question, but actually now actually have one more question do you think because the saints do have some free agent defensive linemen on their team right now do you think ryan nielsen brings anybody over from not only the saints defensive line but from that saints defense overall and follows him to atlanta i.e david on uh there i know people have been calling for marcus davenport for whatever reason i don't know why you want him but do you think Ryan Nielsen brings anybody over from the Saints as far as players go? Uh, yeah, I think um, I think there's a chance. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a chance mm-hmm. for sure. But um, when you look at it, it's also about fit and money, right? You know? Now, Anya Mata, if the money's right, yeah. So I think the, I think I do believe there's a chance. I'm, the Davenport thing. I think he worked a lot with Davenport, and look, Davenport was a decent player when he could stay healthy. Right. Davenport's issue was he couldn't stay healthy. That's True. the biggest issue with Marcus Davenport. We shall see. Well, I wouldn't mind a, a healthy Marcus Davenport and a, definitely a David Anyamata if they want to go ahead and come over and follow their old defensive line coach. So we'll see how that develops, and obviously, any and all signings. We will uh, we report to you right here on Peachtree Football. Okay, let's transition over to Championship Sunday, which was yesterday. The NFC and AFC Championship games went down, and we now know our Super Bowl matchup. If you don't know, it is Eagles and Chiefs. They're heading to Arizona for Super Bowl 57, and uh, we got a little while to talk about that matchup, but I do want to recap what happened in the NFC and AFC championship games. And, Bo, whoo, that game didn't seem like much of a game. Really, after what? Probably like a little bit into the third quarter, that game in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field wasn't much of a game anymore. Uh, the Eagles win 31-7, to final score there. And Eagles just dominated. But you said you you did have some problems with uh, with, with the officiating there. Well, look, the, the the Eagles dominated because um, Hassan Reddick was able to knock out not one but two quarterbacks um, <laughs> of the Niners. So, I mean, let's just let's call it let's call it what it was. It wasn't, um, it was it wasn't anything. You got to give the Eagles the credit. They played great, and their defense yep. caused havoc. And I mean, but but Brock Purdy finished the game after coming out with a with what could have been with as a unilateral, I think. Uh, UCL, I think, in his elbow or something like that. I might be butchering that, but um, he basically couldn't throw the rest of the game, and mm. so he finished the game. They didn't throw a pass in the second half after nope. Josh Johnson got hurt. Good. So, no, yeah, I had a big, I had a big problem. Um, 
the the biggest the biggest the biggest play in the first half was Devontae Smith catch and it wasn't a catch. He dropped the damn ball. Yeah. And they don't they don't call it on the field, they call it a catch. They don't use Skyhawk to review it, which they're the uh, eye hawk or whatever it is, which they could have reviewed and they blew it. And it was a big it was a big deal. That was the first touchdown. And without that, it's seven nothing um until what midway through the second quarter. Uh, and then I think it was 21 seven and a half because they scored two touchdowns. And one of them was, uh, they scored, made it 14, seven Josh Johnson can't handle a snap. So the, the Brock Purdy injury changed the game completely, but the referees, there are multiple calls. It looked like the Eagles were jumping, uh, early on the line, almost, uh, every pass play, um, that they didn't call. There was just a lot of sketchiness in that game that was, that was officiated call, but I don't think it would have mattered in the end. But you still you still don't want to see it. It's embarrassing um, when when the officials there's a you know Devonte Smith one's a big one to me because that that was a big play in the game. That was on fourth down. Yeah, so that's a big play in the game. Yep. And you just you, you know you don't I don't like it's just tough to see because that's you know Brock's still in the game at that point. Could have been um, momentum changer. Would have so been everything changes on that. So yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I I thought that was that was just a brutal error. Um, and, and we can get into the other game, which had ridiculously bad officiating as well. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, kudos to Philadelphia. They played really well. Um, and I, you got to get hats off. They, they did what they have done all year, which is yep. up front. They won the game up front, and it it was the difference in yeah. uh, in the game. And they created plays up front with their front four. They they're too deep on their front four on the defensive line, and it showed yesterday. Yeah, they they won the game, like you said, with their line of scrimmage on both sides of the football, offensively and defensively. Because they, I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't have to throw it all all uh, didn't have to throw it around the yard either. I mean. I think he only finished the game with 121 yards, and the rest, they came on the ground. So they were just able to run the ball down the throats of the San Francisco 49ers who, you know, are supposed to have the the number one defense in the league. And Philadelphia said, all right, well, we got the number one offense in the league. We got we have the best running attack in the league, and we're going to show you that our, well, our line they don't have the best that. offense in the league. But, no, well, yeah. you're right. Well, what they – look, well, here, look, but, 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 but Dylan – Everything changes when you when you don't have when you don't can't hold the ball. I mean, the time of possession in this game, I, I've got it right here. Um, and they held the ball for 15 minutes more because San Francisco was three of they're three and out. They're three and out. Yep. I mean they they were two of eight on third downs. Um, you know, I mean it it was they had 164 yards of total offense because they couldn't throw the ball. And all the Eagles had to do was account for the run, especially when Josh Johnson went out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and you're right. They ran the ball well. I mean, look, Jalen Hurts has not eclipsed 300 yards passing in this playoffs yet. He's thrown for um, 200 and uh, like 70 yards, if I'm not mistaken. He threw for 154 in the, first, in the divisional round, and he threw for a buck 21 this week. And That's not 300. No, I, well, and part of that, too, is is the way these games have played out as well. I mean, you went up early, early on the Giants. That game was 14 nothing by, what, like 8? Local time, the game started at, what, like 8.15 or something. By 8.50, it was 14 to nothing. So they were able to run the ball and burn some clock. Jalen didn't really have to throw the ball at that point. And then 
yesterday, I think they had more success running the ball. So, you know, they figured they didn't have to throw the ball a lot. And I think it was a concerned effort by Nick Sirianni and that Eagles offense to, to run the ball more because they wanted to try and keep the ball out of San Francisco 49ers hands as much as they could. Um, and plus their, their strength is running the ball. So I think part of that is there. But yeah, I mean, they, they'd have, I think strictly, they really just haven't had to throw the ball a whole lot with, with Jalen Hurts. But no, I do agree with the fact that, and I didn't, I didn't realize, I thought it was watching the game yesterday. I thought it was Brock Purdy's wrist. I didn't realize it was his elbow and I didn't realize he couldn't throw the ball. I figured he probably couldn't grip the ball because of, uh, I thought it was a potential wrist injury. And that's why he wasn't throwing. I didn't know it was the elbow. So like he literally couldn't throw the ball, but that, that definitely obviously changes the game a lot because when he, like I said, when he had to come back in, all, he, all the Eagles had to do was stop the run. They already knew it was coming. So that is definitely a huge uh, game changer right there. But, you know, again, unfortunately, that is that is uh, that is part of the game. And that happened on a on a freak accident, the Brock Purdy injury. And then, you know, Josh Johnson going down. I'm, you hate to see that. It's just mm, it. You hate to you hate to see a game decided in, in, in that manner, but um, the Eagles took advantage and, and did what they had to do. So I, I I think the Eagles I think this is their season to go all the way. I think you know they're 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 good. Obviously, they're one of the better teams in the league, if not the best team in the league right now. And you know they they might have caught a little a little luck yesterday too um, with the with just the injuries happening. Plus, I, again, I think they dominated, um, especially on the offensive line, being able to run the ball, but. I mean, we'll see, man. They're going to have a tough test um, coming up against Kansas City. And, you know, we can talk about that Chiefs-Bengals game. The Chiefs got a little get-back yesterday, Bo. Yeah, by the way, it's it's a UCL. It is the mm. UCL for Purdy, which is essentially what pitchers have Tommy John surgery ah, uh, on, if I'm okay. not mistaken. Um, quarterbacks, when the, the motion's different, he wouldn't, he wouldn't need surgery most likely, but he's having an MRI. Uh, mm-hmm. He couldn't throw the ball more than five to ten yards. Um, which, and and the more you the more you risk that, the more serious damage you risk. Um, right. Uh, yeah. Look, the Chiefs Bengals game was everything we wanted it to be, um, and a, another game that we saw um, line play be important. The Cincinnati uh, mm-hmm. offensive line struggled mightily. Um, they were not the same team we saw against Buffalo. They nope. couldn't run the ball like they did against Buffalo. Uh, in fact, Joe Burrow led their team in rushing. <laughs> That's bad. Um, and a lot of that, and, and with 30 yards, and 14 of that was on one run where he caught him in man. Yeah. And and he just took off because the middle was – when you get caught in man defense like that and you spread a team out, there's no there's nobody to contain the quarterback in the middle. The linebacker's gone. So you can just take off. Um, and that's what he did. And he got 14 yards first down. Uh but you got to give it to Patrick Mahomes, man. What a what a what a gutty performance, uh, man. Guy that's hurt, a high ankle sprain. You could see it hurt him. You see how it, it affected him. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, but he gutted it out. He played really well. A, another game where the officials were an embarrassment. I they mean, had to use that like replay. Got like six like downs. Jeez. So uh, th- look, I'm gonna tell you something. That I, I tweeted this last night. That was an embarrassing day for the NFL. Uh, people go, well, it happens every week. It does happen every week, but it's magnified when you have the you have all star crews doing games, right? And I say all star crews. That's not a, that crew didn't work together all year. 
that's where there's a crew chief and he comes in and he might have a couple of his guys from his regular crew, but they built that because those were the highest graded referees. Um, and they, but there was a debacle all day. They blew call after call and it ended up, I don't want to say it, it cost the Bengals, but it, but it, you never know, give a team an extra few plays. You never know how that changes what, what happens in the game with field position and everything. So, um, the NFL should be embarrassed with the refereeing yesterday, but, um, but look, it was, it was a good game and we saw drama and congrats, mm-hmm. you know, look, that the Chiefs defensive line was the difference in the game. Chris Jones was getting after it yesterday. He was getting after Joe Burrow. He was getting after Joe Mixon. I mean, Chris Jones was all over the field yesterday. So I took a sip of water. I'm sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, Chris Jones got his first sack of his playoff career. Um, and, in fact, he 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 just he doubled it up because he got his second one. He mm-hmm. played really, really well. Chris Jones was um, was phenomenal yesterday. He was dominating, just like Hassan Reddick was on the other side. Um, but, like, uh, Frank Clark, who is yeah. – Frank Clark is a playoff beast. He had a sack and a half. Um, I mean, they actually, to be honest with you, they had five sacks yesterday on Burrow. And so they were getting after it. And and, and that that changed the game. It it, 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 it speeds your clock up. Um, yep. He don't have time for some of those deeper routes and, and other routes to develop. And then they, they sit down the run. So you got to give the Chiefs defense a lot of credit, and they clearly were felt some kind of way um, about the Burrowhead comment, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, yeah, they had a, they had a. You see, so it's funny because the Chief, uh, the Bengals, excuse me, had this big, you know, chip on their shoulder, and about the about you know the tickets being sold to Mercedes Benz already, and then you made the point that you know tickets were sold to Arrowhead already. So, you know, we hear the, Chief, the the Bengals talking, you know, and then once they win against the Bills, you know, they're spewing a little bit, talking about Burrowhead this, Burrowhead that. And that, you know, in retrospect, gave the Chiefs a chip on their shoulder. So you think the Bengals are coming in with this chip on their shoulder. They're ready to play. Well, the Chiefs said, okay, you you guys think you you have taken over. And, you know, now we're hearing all this talk about, if if Joe Burrow wins this, then you know he he's on top, and it's it's the Bengals AFC and this and all this and all that. And you know Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs said, okay, hold on, like we're still the team to beat in the AFC, and don't you forget it. You guys might have gotten us last year, but we're gonna get our get back this year. So you know it seemed like the Bengals chip on their shoulder, you know, and them talking a little talk, it gave the Chiefs their own chip on their shoulder. So I think that was uh, that was pretty interesting, and in how that whole storyline and how that whole narrative started to develop over the weekend. I, I definitely think that helped the Chiefs. So that was an interesting thing there. And yeah, that was a that was a really, really, really good game on uh yesterday, the AFC championship game. So we're getting the Eagles, Chiefs, uh Super Bowl. And I think that'll be a, a pretty good game, especially Patrick Mahomes will have a little time to get even healthier. So hopefully that high ankle sprain will uh will will not be as a, as much of a factor as it was yesterday because it was definitely a factor. He was limping all over the field, and uh, we'll see. We'll have plenty of time to uh, preview and, and break down what could happen in this Super Bowl matchup, and obviously we're going to keep bringing you a, uh, any and all Atlanta Falcons news that breaks. 
as we continue along through the offseason. And then uh, soon, Bo, we'll, we'll be ready to get into some free agency, man. And I, I'm I'm hoping. And before we, before we sign off here, I want to ask you one last question. Do you see any splashy, you know, big name, big time signings happening uh, by way of the Atlanta Falcons? You think they're bringing in any splashy free agents uh, this offseason? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think there'll be at least one. I think you okay. got to re-sign a couple of your guys. I was talking to my neighbor right. um, last night. I think you got to re-sign Evans and, and McGarry. Yeah. Um, and then I think you'll have some room for one, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. And I, I would I would like to think it might be a guy up front um, on the defensive line. Uh, interior, not an edge rusher like everyone. The only thing everybody knows to say is, hey, edge rusher. Uh, <laughs> so... Because you look at where's Chris Jones play? Oh, he plays on the inside. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, I do. I think there'll be at least one. I, okay. I really do, and I'm looking like forward it. to it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this offseason. This is look. I know I'm, I sound grumpy. I do sound grumpy today. I am a little bit grumpy today, I guess. But um, <laughs> the but, championship games got you grumpy. <laughs> well, I just um. I wanted to see two good games with no referee involvement like that. And we got one good game with referee right. involvement in both. And, um, but, uh, this is the most exciting Falcons off season since maybe 2008. Wow. Um, because that was the year when you were getting number one, we had, we had a high draft pick. We knew right. that we had to get a new quarterback. Right. Um, and we didn't know if we would get it there with with that, or we, we would take um, uh, what was the guy? Was it, I think it was Don. Was it Don? Was it? No, it wasn't Poe. It was um, was it Don Terry Poe? I can't remember. It was the LSU? It was Dorsey? Glenn Dorsey? Okay, LSU yeah. D lineman. Um, so we knew that uh, you know, it was that we should we draft him or Matt Ryan? And so it was a fun. It was a real fun uh, off season. Yes. And so we're back. We we got another one. Now not like the same with the quarterback stuff, but right. we've got money to spend for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe there was one that was different, but this one just feels really like it just feels like a lot of good things could happen this offseason. So uh I do think we have a splash and I'm really excited about it, to be honest with you. Oh yeah, I'm super excited too. I think we're gonna have some uh some good signings, like you said, that one splash splashy signings it has us excited and then we got the draft and all that too so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun times and uh can't wait to react to it and break it all down right here on p street football and speaking of which that's gonna do it for this edition of p street football so make sure you like this podcast download the podcast subscribe to p street football because we are wherever you get your podcast that's apple podcast that's spotify the odyssey app wherever you get your podcast p street football is there We'll be back to talk to you guys later on in the week. I'm sure we'll get into the Super Bowl a little bit, and we'll also talk about whatever Atlanta Falcons news breaks uh, throughout the week, and uh, we'll get into free agency a little bit more. We've gotten to it a little bit here over these past couple of weeks, and we'll get into it a little bit more and uh, tell you what's what. But until then, for Bo Morgan, I am Dylan Matthews, and until we talk to you guys next time, peace. H-E-H-E-H-E-H-E-L H-E-L 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 H-E-L